0: Hi, Pompey fans, and welcome to the P.O. Forecast, episode 14. Now, unfortunately, Pompey weren't playing, so there's absolutely no games for us to uh, review in
1: part one, Matt. No, that's it. Boring weekend.
0: But... Fortunately for you guys, we've got an absolute blinder of an episode. So I don't know if you've been following the transfer talk of uh, Kieran Sadler coming to Pompey from Cork. But me and Matt have been doing some research and Matt has actually done some decent journalism for once. I did.
1: Yeah, yeah, got myself out there for once. Yeah,
0: so Matt's got in touch uh, with Kevin Galvin, who's the founder of the live commentary service Rebel Radio, sports reporter with the Evening Echo and lifelong Cork City supporter. And he talks to us about Pompey's potential new signing, Kieran Sadler. Uh, you can give him a follow on Twitter at KJGalvin93. That's K-J-G-A-L-V-I-N-93. So sit back, guys, listen, and listen to our interview with Kevin.
2: Hi, gents. Um, just sending over my recording there about um, Kieran Sadler and uh, should have attached the uh, the introduction to go with it as well. So uh hope that's all right. have all these questions here. So I'll just fire away. begin with so the first question is from Hugh it says can you explain a little bit about yourself from rebel radio for fans who are not familiar with your work so I'm Kevin Galvin I'm a freelance football journalist and working mainly with the local paper in Cork the evening echo and mainly covering football and a few other side bits as well Um, I'm currently traveling India so I'm slightly out of the loop but I have been watching as many Cork City games as I can. Um Rebel Radio I kind of came up with the concept of Rebel Radio myself and uh, and my partner David not my partner my myself and my colleague David Kent uh, came back with came up with the concept kind of in the early part of the 2013 season so actually pre-season 2013. Um and we decided basically that there was a kind of a, um, for Cork City games at least, there was no TV coverage, there was no radio coverage. And uh, we saw that there was a gap there and particularly online, it was very easy to do. So we began Rebel Radios in 2013, which makes this our sixth season, I think. We're just over six seasons and we've almost covered 200 games. Um, we do free, completely free online radio commentary for pretty much every game that isn't covered by TV. Um, so we don't have the TV licensing, obviously, which is the vast, vast majority of Cork City games. And we're actually pretty much the only broadcast kind of outlet for a lot of those games, particularly the smaller games. So um, we do everything like in this year, we did everything from a midweek preseason game against the university team in front of about 90 people to covering City's game away to Legia Warsaw in the Champions League qualification in front of 20,000. So um, we do games including like youth teams, women's teams, um, all that kind of stuff. So um, we're rapidly approaching the 200 mark now, uh, and we normally average in around 40 games a season, which is completely free. Um, on top of that, as if that wasn't enough, we also have a podcast, Rebel L, uh, in which we've had special guests, we've had special, uh, you know, we've had a- analysts from national radio stations, we've had uh, national comedians on, um, we've had ex-footballers on, um, we've we got a wide range of people. So um, it's completely unofficial and it's, uh, as I said, completely free for people um, that listen in. So um, a lot of people find it a very good service. Um, so the second question from Hugh is watching some highlights of Sadlier, his ferocious shot really stands out. What are his key strengths that worry opposition defenders? Um the shooting really is obviously I suppose you see it from the highlights, real his shooting is his best attribute. Um but he's also quite a nippy player. He's a great turn of pace and he's quite skillful on the ball, he's good close control. Um and really um you know when he's up for it he's he's actually a very, very dangerous player. Um he kind of plays on the wing for us. Um I'll come back to that with the with the later on question, but um he generally plays on the wing for us um and can actually kind of unlock defenders as you know, a quick turn of pace, loves a good step over and um you know, kind of can fizz in crosses into the box when, when his head is in the place. So um obviously his shooting is um you know is is, is phenomenal, but he's other attributes to his game as well. So Hugh says, um, does he have any areas in his game you, you think he needs, he can improve on? I know this sounds kind of funny because we've just talked about his kind of shooting ability, but actually one of Kieran's main problems is that he shoots too often. He's kind of sh- shoot on sight kind of guy. Um, even if there's players in better positions, even if he's in a completely ridiculous position to shoot from. Um, Kieran has almost too much confidence he backs himself too much so um, I can remember we played away to Dundalk who, um, who people who might have done a bit of research in Cork City will know that they're kind of our closest rivals they were double champions this year and uh, Kieran must have tried at least six or seven shots I would say from over 30 yards out um, and it, it was you know I suppose it just gives away possession a lot and um you know it puts pressure then on on teams especially when you're away from home you want to try and hold on to possession and you have a guy that kind of shoots from ridiculous angles um it can be extremely frustrating and i think one of the other things that he needs to incorporate into this game particularly if he wants to move over to england is the kind of physical side of it um he he has bolted up a bit um in terms of his physicality but I don't think he's putting it to use and um he certainly doesn't do enough tracking back he um can often leave his um full back quite exposed from kind of going up the pitch um but basically Kieran's biggest problem in my opinion anyway from covering him is his consistency and his attitude um Kieran is it looks very clearly that Kieran was playing to move back to England. It looks like he's very keen on moving back to England, which is absolutely fine. We don't deny a guy that at all. But you do get a sense that Kieran, especially when he comes off the bench, comes in and lights up the place for five or ten minutes. And if things don't quite go his way, then he tends to kind of uh, go missing. Um and um, I think that's one of the biggest problems in terms of his game. He needs to be more consistent and he needs to be more of a team player. Uh, Hugh says, Pompey mainly play a 4-2-3-1 system under Kenny Jackett. Where do you feel Sadlier fits into this lineup best? Well, Cork City play a 4-2-3-1 as well with two holding midfielders and then um, three, uh, three attacking midf- uh, midfielders uh, behind the behind striker. Sadlier can fit into any one of those three behind-the-striker roles. He generally tends to play on the left side of midfield for us, um, but a lot of people feel his best position is in behind the striker in terms of that that, that central role. Um, but then again, he's never really taken that role on as en- enough to kind of earn himself a regular spot. So um, if he is signed, I know that Ronan Curtis was signed um, as well from Derry. He's a very similar player in a very similar mold to Kieran Sadlier. Um, and I think Curtis was, as far as I remember, Curtis was playing on the left anyway, when they played Cork City in, in a friendly, in that friendly um, back in July but um, Sadlier will probably end up being in a similar position uh, on the wing, but he can play either left or right, which I suppose is is an advantage. Hugh says, what is the most interesting story you've covered on Sadlier? Um, not so many interesting stories. He tends to be a pretty nuts and bolts kind of interviewee. Um, doesn't really step out of line much and um, kind of says all the right things. And there hasn't been any scandal with him or there hasn't really been any much interesting in terms of a story, but he, um, I suppose one of the most interesting things that people mightn't have known is that Kieran scored a goal from 80, I about 85 to 90 yards um, this season um, when Cork City, later on in the season, they were playing St. Patrick's Athletic. Uh, City were 2-1 up. Um, Pats won a corner in the last minute. Their goalkeeper went up and uh, the ball was headed away. But uh, Sadler just swung a leg at it, really, from the edge of our own penalty area. And it went, cleared the halfway line, took one hop, took a second hop and with the Pats players tracking back roll all the way into the net. So it must be one of the longest goals ever scored by a Cork City player. Um, uh, so that, that I suppose that was something interesting. And another interesting stat about Kieran Sadler was this year, actually only last Sunday, um, I, I, was rec- I don't know what time we're recording this, Sunday the 3rd or 4th, I think, um, he became the first player in 44 years to score in every round of the FAI Cup. Um, so he scored in every single round, including in the final, he scored a penalty to bring City level with Dundalk in the final. Um, and he also scored the winning penalty in the shootout last year um, when Cork City and Dundalk um, were when all, and the game went to the penalty shootout and sadly, or scored the winning penalty. Hugh says, researching Sadlier's career, has he, uh, has he has not stayed long with any club he's played for. Is this something Pompey should be concerned about? I'm not entirely sure. Um, I suppose you never really know the circumstances of why guys... Move clubs, that's not necessarily to say that it's always their own fault. Um, as I said, it's obvious from the way he's played this year that he doesn't intend on in sticking around to Cork City. He's very much a kind of a guy that's, that's really looked to try to make headlines and really look to kind of, uh, kind of, you know, bulk, bulk up the highlights package without sounding too cynical. So, um, I'm not in the least bit surprised that he's been linked away. Um, you know, I suppose. That's all I can say. Um whether whether what's happened at previous clubs, I know he was at was at West Ham. Um he was obviously with Sligo. We signed him from Sligo for one of our great biggest transfer fees. So that certainly wasn't the case of Sligo wanting to leave him go. And uh, he was a very, very anytime we played Sligo, Kieran was always an absolute nuisance. Um I remember him scoring a brilliant goal from a free kick. I remember him um, hammering the crossbar on several occasions. He always seemed to hit the woodwork against us. So, certainly from his move from Sligo to us, um, that, that wasn't any, uh, that was us wanting him and not a, pa- and not a, and not a slight on his character or, or on his, him as a player. Uh, Hugh says Ronan Curtis arrived right, at Pompey from Derry in the summer. He's quickly established himself as one of the best players in League One. Does Sadler have the potential to make a similar impact to Curtis if Pompey is successful in signing him? Does Sadler have the potential? Absolutely, yes. Will he fulfil that potential? That remains to be seen. And I think that is the crux of Kieran Sadler as a footballer. Um, he's extremely talented, um, but you know there's a reason why he hasn't really broken out um, when he was at Peterborough and it didn't really break through at West Ham. I know West Ham is a, probably a case of numbers more than anything else, but. Um you know he he clearly has the talent. you can see it in the highlight videos. you can see what he does, but, as I said, questions over his mentality, questions over his i suppose consistency and questions over his willingness to play for a team in terms of his tracking back um and that's something particular in League one. you know, I know Pompey are a club that are um kind of struggling to get out of league one at the moment they you know I know that they kind of fell away from the playoff last year um but yeah, and, and when you have a team like that, you really need all eleven players rowing in behind. You can't afford to carry, um, you know, luxury players. And Kieran is well, was with Cork City very much a luxury player, player that'll do something for you, but won't um do the nuts and bolts. Hugh says is sadly, popular popular with Cork fans. Were they upset that Cork did not offer him a new deal? So those are two separate questions. The first one, um, he's very much a kind of a marmite player um a lot of people really do appreciate his skill um often in the league of Ireland you get players who are you know very good professionals um very competent but not really skillful in the same way that Sadler is so I suppose he offers that little bit of panache um a lot of young guys really like going to watch him play um they like his style of play um he's very active on Instagram all that kind of stuff um so yeah i mean there is that section to it, and then there's a section of the Cork City supporters who, normally, an older section, um, who just get so frustrated by him, and really frustrated by his unwillingness to track back, really frustrated by his uh, inconsistency. And I know from like I do a lot of radio, but I've been to in the stands. We I normally go into the stands for the for the kind of the middle of the supporter section for the games that are on TV, and I can hear you have the Sadlier lovers and the Sadlier haters. And if you, you know, even at our message boards, you you criticize Sadlier, you're being seen as a kind of a, it's like some sort of conspiracy against him. And then at the same time, you know, there's people who praise him from a height and they're seen as just being uh, biased as well. So he's very much a player who divides our, our supporters base. In terms of the second question, or if they upset that Cork don't offer him a new deal. Um, I would say that some people are upset that he's leaving. Uh, but purely from a upset that he is going as opposed to being upset at the club. Um, the League of Ireland operates on a completely different financial level to the game in England. Um, we do not have the same amount the crowds. We, ha- we, we have very much of a population, uh, a football fan population that exports itself to England to watch Premier League. And then you have all the fall down from that. Um, and it, it's not really structured or taken as seriously by our government as a as a as a business. Um and our our football association doesn't take it as seriously as the FA does there. So from a financial point of view, we just cannot compete. If a, a team like Portsmouth come, um, and offer him that kind of money, then Kieran will want to leave. As does a lot of other players. Um, they want to go, and we just can't afford to keep them. And also, you you know, when you're in a club in that sort of situation, you can't stand in the guy's way when he's looking to better himself. Um, and Kieran isn't the first, and he most certainly won't be the last player that's gone for less than what they were worth. I mean, Sean Maguire just last year went good friends with Kieran. They played the Irish 21s together. Maguire was uh, an unbelievable player, and he's a City. He scored 20 goals in half a season in the league, uh, finished the league's top scorer despite the fact that he left after six months to go off t- with Preston. Um, But what he was given, I, I know that it was. You know, we're talking less than half a million euro, which is by maybe less than four hundred and fifty thousand sterling. And um, then Maguire went for we had the case of Kevin Doyle, who's now a household name when you talk about Premiership strikers. Um, previous or Shane Long, even um, Doyle and Long both left in a in a in a deal that they both left for a hundred and ten thousand um, pounds. So that'll tell you the kind of value for money that you're getting when you're a league team, League One team looking at um the Irish leagues. And I presume that Curtis was was a was a very similar position. Irish clubs just they can't really their hands are tied because the player wants to leave. They want to have that professional setup and they want, and often cases clubs in Ireland can't afford to pay players 52 week contracts. So if you're a player and you're, you're getting offered a 52 week contract, as opposed to what we have is normally about 40 weeks. And then you spend two or three months on the unemployment benefit or in another job. So the stability that professional football in England provides is something that you can't stop players from going. So certainly, um, in a roundabout way to answer your question, no, there is there is no ill feeling from fans towards the club to even go because the, the club just doesn't have a choice. It, it's just it's just the the different level uh, the the playing fields that we're playing at. Um, Hugh says, are you aware of any other interest in Sadlier from teams other than Pompey? Now, uh, it kind of relates back to the last question. Um, Sadlier is an under Irish under twenty one international, and he's out of contract um and he was just uh, this week voted in the league PFAI Professional Footballers Association of Ireland team of the year so um I can only imagine the amount of offers that Kieran has gotten from teams over in England he he's born in England uh, he's born in Luton originally he's he's very much a kind of a an English boy with an Irish heritage and um, having already spent time in the English setup, I, I can see many other clubs going for him. I haven't heard of anything concrete being out of the country, um, apart from the Portsmouth deal, but I'd be very, very surprised if Kieran's agent's phone wasn't very, very busy in the offseason. Uh, and Hugh, with the last question, he says, Is there anything else you can tell Pompey fans about, sadlier? Uh, I suppose, as I said, he's bugged up a lot in the uh, last offseason. He came to us from Sligo and he was. Quite slight, um. Really, and wasn't able to physically battle. Um, he bulked up a lot in the winter. Last winter, came back. Um, much more fit. Much um, which kind of I suppose much more muscle mass on him. Not that he's used that all the time, but certainly. Um, if his Instagram account does anything to go by, he's he's big into his gym. Um, takes takes himself very seriously as a professional footballer, and uh, you know could be even. Bigger and bulkier by the time he gets to to Portsmouth, which is no bad thing. The other, I suppose, nugget of information I can g- give about Kieran Sadler was that he was our main penalty taker over the last season and a half and a very successful one too. As I said, he scored in the cup final this year. He also scored in the cup final last year. Um, so taking penalties under pressure isn't a problem for him. And um, out of seven penalties that he took this year in the league, he only missed one. And that was to, it was actually an excellent penalty, but it was a brilliant save by a young goalkeeper by the name of Gavin Bazunu, who you might be hearing more of. He's 16 year old. I uh, was playing with Chamber Rovers. But has decided to continue his studies in Ireland and when he finishes, he will be signing with Manchester City. So uh, a very promising young goalkeeper, made a fantastic save, but it was actually an excellent penalty. So um, sadly, he was excellent from the spot and uh, I suppose he provides that as well. Um, the other thing he provides uh, in terms of attacking is his set pieces. Um, is fantastic free kick taker scored a couple of goals from free kicks for Cork City this year, uh, scored some phenomenal free kicks for Sligo in the past and also is uh, very adept when on his form at, uh, at whipping a good ball um into the box um, Cork City's tactic has seemed to be down the throat of the goalkeeper and all rush in um, which hasn't really been that successful but when we've seen Sadlier whip crosses in from Deep set pieces are from uh, from corner kicks. He he can be absolutely lethal. So um, that is pretty much all the information I can give you um, on Kieran Sadlier. Um As I said, a very talented player, full of potential. Well, I say potential, but full of talent. Um, but it's the case of if if Kenny Jacket can unlock it, if he can focus him, if he can get him to play consistently, and if he can get him to buy into. Uh, WhatsApp Pompey. Then, Sadler has absolutely the potential to be an excellent player. Um, but whether that'll happen, his career to date suggests that it'll take an awful lot of work.
0: A massive thank you there to Kevin for what was, I think, it was an absolutely fantastic interview and well, a great insight into a player who could potentially be
1: coming to Pompey. Matt. Yeah, yeah. Um, really grateful to Kevin. Uh, thank you for taking time out on your holiday Kevin
0: Yeah especially he's travelling India And he's actually taking the time out to do that for us So really appreciate it And I'm sure you guys really appreciate the effort as well So I mean just to get a little bit into What, what you said in the um, in the interview Matt He's an interesting player isn't he And, and I think the fact that Cork play a very similar system to us Means
1: that we can see you know where he'd fit in possibly Yeah yeah I mean full of potential um, Lethal shot Great delivery Um And what what I found interesting was how Kevin sort of mentioned how he could potentially fit into that number 10 role that we've all been sort of... Screaming out for all season. So yeah, like great to hear hear all those insights. Yeah, I
0: mean he can play he can play on the left where he's been playing now. Obviously, we've got Ronan there, but the fact he can also play on the right hand side as well or in the middle makes him one of those players who he you know he can find a place in the team because I think sometimes we're very set, aren't we, with Ronan Curtis on one side and Jamal on the other side. And yeah. the fact that one of those will get a knock at some point as well. But I think he's got the potential then to fit into the team.
1: Yeah. In any of those places across the front. Definitely. And and I think, I mean, by the sound of it, you know, he's going to have people around him, you know, that can make him a better player. I think you heard Kevin sort of say about the the players that he's been playing with and how his skill stands out in the Irish League. Yeah. You know, Um, so hopefully he can draft that into us, be that creative number 10 that can... I mean, we, we've we discussed Louis before in previous episodes. Yeah. Louis Dennis, for for anyone that sort of didn't catch on there. Um, yes, I think Louis Dennis is is showing glimpses of what he's capable of. I think Kieran Sadley, on the other hand, possibly could be one that could come straight in and, and fit into the number 10 role.
0: Yeah, it was interesting that um, Kevin actually said that he's got that, he has got the potential anyway to make a similar sort of impact to Ronan Curtis. Uh, and that's obviously something that I'll probably get quite excited about. I
1: mean, as me and you were discussing about the interview, we were saying about the swagger, you know, with yeah. and It sounds like Kieran's the same. He's, you know, got a lot of confidence. The same and... sort of Instagram profile. <laughs> <laughs> that's it, yeah. In the gym, popping yeah. iron. Just like me and you, mate. That's it, mate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Check out my Insta. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, no, a lot of positives um, and a lot of interesting um, stats from Kevin there as well. Um, Definitely for his age to be the first player to score in every round of the Irish Cup.
0: Yeah, I mean, obviously he's he's a player with a lot of a lot of potential, and it's interesting to hear that he he wants to come over and play in England, and he's sort of playing for that opportunity again. Obviously, he's been at Peterborough and he's been at West Ham, hasn't quite worked out, but you know he's a young player, and, and this sort of thing happens. As I think, as Kevin was saying, you can get lost in the numbers at some clubs, especially at the bigger ones, and we know that generally. Yeah. I, I think also. The thing is, though, is that it's what I thought was particularly interesting was the discussion about the League of Ireland. Yeah, you know how we picked up Ronan Curtis from the League of Ireland already, and you know yeah. how everyone's thought he's an absolute steal. And you know, financially, it was under one hundred k, I believe, was a transfer. It's it's so interesting to get an insight on from from the Irish point of view, really, on how they develop players and how they just think that if someone wants to come along for one of those players and pick them up, then they're going to have to go because, yeah. you know, they can't pay them the same amount of weeks of salary and, you they're know... They're not
1: playing against the same quality. No. Uh, you know, which is obviously quite a, quite an open fact about the Irish League. You know, it's, it's progressing. Obviously, they've been playing in the Champions League. Kieran got that opportunity against Legia. Yeah. But, you know, it's difficult when you're playing a team like Legia Warsaw, who that season, I think, fell into the same group as Real Madrid. Yeah, you know, unfortunately, a team like Cork isn't going to get that opportunity as much. So, you know, it's understandable that players that do show talent in the Irish League want to move away and progress themselves more as a player, and that the Irish teams are willing them to do that. You know, and I think that's a, almost a, a great system for Irish football, and hopefully. It'll bring more youngsters free for them. Yeah, so. sure. Well, anyway, guys, so thanks again, Kevin. And um, everyone, tweet us your questions,
0: tweet us your responses. Um, so, at PO Forecast, let us know what you think. Do you think you'd be a good fit for Pompey? Uh, do you think it will happen? Let us know. Uh, right, so what we're going to do now is we haven't got enough time to flip into Matt's debate. And also, let's be honest, there wasn't really anything to debate this week. So,
1: no. we've got two games coming up, Matt. We have, yeah, two. One away game again, unfortunately, so we're still missing the, the frat and vibe, but back under the lights Tuesday, hey. really excited about that one, um, home to Walsall, so I see, get your tickets quickly, it is starting to get down to limited availability as well.
0: Yeah, indeed, and everyone should be excited, because guess what, boys and girls, we're going to Scunny. Yes,
1: yeah, Scunny. Hey. A bit of <laughs> <the> park.
0: <laughs> right, let's go into part three. Welcome back to part three of the PO forecast and Matt we've got two games to preview for everyone here but it's time for possibly the most glamorous fixture of the season the one that everyone gets their calendar out gets their highlighter on the one they tell your friends about people
1: (laughs) Matt who are we playing so it's the nine hour round trip to Scunny everybody So get your sunnies your beach hat that's it go and watch the game get down to that lovely place Cleethorpes that's it Have a wicked weekend. Casinos and uh, karaoke. That's it. That's it. Yeah, it's stunning, mate. New Blackpool. (laughs) Yeah, Matt's got a holiday home there. (laughs) Caravan in town, mate. So, current times on the Scunny. Yeah. So, they are currently sitting in 17th in League One. They have Lee Novak. Don't know if anybody remembers Lee Novak. Used to play Huddersfield, Birmingham... Charlton and then joined Scunny. We had him on Football Manager didn't we? We did way back in the yeah. day we had him for I think Aki Stanley at the time. That's it champions uh, of Europe. That's it <laughs> yeah so um Lee Novak has scored seven goals this season their next top goal scorer is Stephen Humphreys who has got five. Josh Morris has been out at the start of the season but he's made his way back and he's uh, hit the four goals mark. Yeah, he looks dangerous for them. And just an interesting little fact as well they do have Ryan Colaclough, who we were linked with at the start of the season. Not too sure we're missing that much. He's scored two goals, two assists. So yeah.
0: Then, then again, you know, Paul Cook let him go, and let's be honest, he signed Naismith. So well, yeah.
1: Maybe he's let Gem go. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I, if I was comparing the two, I think I'd have to agree with you on that one. <laughs> um, so yeah, they have played 18, won one five, drawn six, and lost seven. The good news on that one is they have only won two home league games all season. And their biggest loss of the season came at home at Glamford Park, where they were defeated 5-0 by Fleetwood. 5-0 by Fleetwood. <laughs> 5-0 by the Three Fleetwood. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jerry Barton had his men firing that day. But Pompey don't have the greatest record up at Glamford Park. We lost 2-0 up at their last season. Mm. Uh, Gainley, Novak, struck in that game. Um, and the biggest loss at Glamford Park for Pompey, came back in 2014 when we lost 5-1. So basically, it's a game we should win, Pompey fans. On paper,
0: yes. On paper, you know, good away records. Matt, let's do this game by game. Yep. So, this is a game that, on paper, as I said, we should probably win the game. We're looking great away from home, generally speaking. Yeah. What What are you thinking? What's the, What are we doing? We've got a little bit of a break.
1: Yeah. I mean... Th- th- a lot of people debate about international breaks I mean obviously we've not had it overly affect us before and up until now really is it going to be a positive thing? I I think you've got to say considering that we've played FA Cup games we've played Checker Trade Trophy games we've played behind closed door friendlies you know I think it's probably come at the right time a little bit hopefully they've been able to refresh rotate a little bit during training matches and you know hope, hopefully there'll be a few surprises I but think, I just don't think you know with their record we should really be dropping points up there no. to be honest with you especially this season last season obviously was a completely different story they got into the playoffs lost out to Rotherham who obviously eventually you know got promoted and went to to the championship this season so they're one of those teams you know they've they've always been sort of there and thereabouts in League One never quite pushed on but I generally think it's got to be three points. It has to be three points for us.
0: So do I. And when when we look at I look at this fixture, I think that maybe Pompey have gone a bit a little bit flat. Let's say that with just with the, with yeah. the strikers going forward. Obviously, Ollie Hawkins is playing well at the moment. He is. Yep. Yeah. He's been the exception to that that rule. But I would like to see Curtis and Lowe maybe mix it up a little bit in how they play. Yeah. Because I think that.
1: They've not struggled, but they have a little bit in form recently. I agree with you, mate. And, and I think that's probably, it's again, it's come at the right time. David Wheeler and Andre Green coming back. Um, hopefully that will get them on their toes again. Obviously they were both fit at the start of season and the season and Jamal and Ronan were unstoppable. So hopefully, them coming back and being fresh, utilize
0: the bench. Just want to see if yeah. and Jacket, if it's not working, you know, if we get to sixty Change minutes, up, you yeah, know, but. sixty-five minutes, whatever it is, seventy minutes, you know, the latest. I want to see. Hopefully, Kenny Jacket can go right. Let's switch it up. Let's bring. I want to see Wheeler on first. I think he's yeah. still the most impressive
1: player. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And then in midfield, are we going to stick the same Gareth Evans? Do you reckon? Yeah, I think it's going to be Gareth. I think it'll be Naylor and Thompson in the middle. Yeah. I think back four would be unchanged um, and I mean for me it's got to be Ollie. I know Brett's now back um, and fit again Is, he,
0: is he fit now? Because he, he had he a, little, a little knock didn't yeah. he? That no he's out. back
1: it's been, it's been released I think today or this week that he's okay. been now back fit again ready to go um, does Kenny you know go for it? He's had this time off he's come back he's not had a couple of games because we've had the international break absolutely not in my opinion well I, I don't is, think yeah. you can drop Hawkins I think that would be completely unjustifiable and you, you're only going to knock a player's confidence he's
0: going to be one of our best players I yeah. think at the moment if not you know, the best player in the
1: inconsistency across games yeah yeah, definitely and and I think we're going to need a player like that up at Scunthorpe. You know, he's going to be gritty. They're, they're always quite a big team, quite a physical team. Yeah, I mean, they they've got little uh, wingers, and and Josh Morris isn't the biggest, but they they are quite big at the back. They're quite physical as well um, at set plays. I remember being at the game last season at Fratton Park. They, you know, bearing in mind they went in the playoffs, they they didn't overexcite me too much. Um, but then, you know, that was last season. It, it currently this season on paper. Looking at league form, this should really be a three points for Pompey. So,
0: I mean, if you look at the stats from last week's game, you know Scunthorpe played um, away at Bristol Rovers. They got a two-one win. They did. Yep. But I mean, don't, we know what Bristol Rovers are like this season. They're struggling. They They're are. struggling yeah. to score, and that that's really shown in the XG stats with Bristol having a two point well two point rather than Scunthorpe, but zero point eight. So that really is a snatch and grab. And if you look at the trend as well. Scunthorpe score early, uh, early on, and then just before the break, Bristol you know grab one back, and it's only trending in Bristol's way throughout the whole game, and it carries on and on and on, and then against the run of play, Scunthorpe you know get the lead and somehow manage to hold on. So. Yeah they're a team that we need to kill off quickly. Let's get some goals against them and I don't think they've got the firepower to come back.
1: Yeah, I I completely agree. If we can start off quick and and get a goal, I think a team that have very little confidence, are taking spankings at home, You know, I think they're going to struggle to come back from that. So I'm on prediction on this game. Where's that? Match prediction time! Match prediction time! (laughs) Love it. So on this one, uh, I'm going to go for a cheeky 2-0 win. I think it's going to be comfortable. I think... The players are going to be refreshed and I can see goals coming from Jamal and Ronan in this game. Jamal and Ronan, both of them getting a the goal. I think both of them are going to get on the score. After the
0: international break, yeah. not, you know, getting that fire going. Yeah. All right. So, I'm going to go with a 3-1 win. Okay, yeah. I think that we're going to go up 3-0 up and then we're going to concede a goal late. Yep. Yeah. Much to McGilvery's disappointment.
1: And now the drum roll. Dun, 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 Lee Brown, 40-yard screamer.
0: First goal for Lee Brown.
1: <laughs> love <laughs> I, it. No, I think I
0: honestly think that confidence is higher. Team <laughs> Matt's pissing himself, but I'm being deadly serious here, mate. I don't know what you're laughing about. I think Lee, Lee Brown will get the goal in this game. I think that. Also, you look at who's going to score, you've got to give Ollie Hawkins the, yeah. the nod that he will get another goal at the moment. So, Ollie Hawkins, and then the third goal I can see coming from Ben Thompson, another player in form, yep. got that goal against... Um, what they
1: called Maidenhead? Yeah, mine ed, Maidenhead, whatever they were. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, that's all I can say, really. So three-one, Pompey. That's it. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll take that any day of the week, mate. All
0: right, nice one. Now, Matt, let's roll into the next game. This is on a Tuesday, so that'll be before we record again next time.
1: It will. So we've got the lovely Walsall. 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 Legia Walsall. Um, so. I was really, really um, sort of struggling to find an outstanding stat for Walsall or a little bit of sort of interesting stuff on them. Walsall are probably the most steady Eddie League One team I think anyone could try and look at. They really don't sort of stand out any season. They sit around mid-table most of the time, which, you know, I think in my eyes, would probably be a bit boring. Do you think it's their
0: place in the league, though? Do you think they've sort of found their place, their level? Yeah, yeah, I
1: I suppose that's probably where they're at. Their ceiling, maybe? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I I think Walsall fans will probably be hoping for something different, but they started off well. They they hit the season running. Um, They were, I think, third at one point, Um, but they've dropped off. Andy Cook is their top scorer, mate. Mm -hmm. So he has hit seven this season so far it's not bad not bad at all I actually um, don't know him as a player I've not really sort of ever heard of him really to be honest with you no but been um, cooking up a tree. I was looking sort of who was second on the on the goal scoring list um, and it does drop considerably which may be a good sign for us well, So they haven't got the, the sort of balanced scoring that Pompey has no they haven't actually Um so as I said, Andy Cook's got seven this season, um, Morgan Ferrier and Zeri Ismail have four goals each. So, well, wow,
0: there's a bit of balance though. there. There's a little,
1: a little bit. bit, you know, that's that's three players like sort of above, you know, the three goal mark, I suppose you could say. But, you know, it's still Andy Cook, seven goals. I mean, we we were threatening about Lee Novak for Scunthorpe, so yeah, true. You know, obviously, if he's on the seven goal mark already, which is the same as Ronan, same as Jamal. You know, he's obviously... He hasn't got, got the football, football manager bias, that's why. <laughs> that's it, yeah, that's <laughs> it. So, Walsall are uh, sitting 11th. They have also played 18. They have won seven, drawn five, and lost six. Four of these seven wins, though, this season have come away from home, so this is something for us to look out. Okay. I think the pressure comes off them away from home, and I think they are very typically one of the teams that could easily come down and still three points with a 1-0. So, yeah. I think we need to really have our head screwed on. Hopefully, you know, we'll get a good result up at Scanny Scun- uh, on the weekend and bring it back to fratton Park and and hopefully blow them out the water. Um last season, so we ended up with a 1-1 draw at their place at the oh, Best yeah, Scott Stadium. Oh uh, no, at ours, sorry. Um but in March, Gareth Evans' late winner stole the three points in a one-nil win. Oh, that game as well, which obviously st- sort of started getting everybody on the cusp of playoff dreams. Yeah, only to be shot back down again. It did. It did. So let's hope they're not going to sort of be another nail in the side for us this season. I'm I'm confident that you know we can definitely get a result from Walsall. As I said, they are one of those teams that can be a little bit of a banana skin. Yeah. You know, and I think we, we've got to be wary at the back and I think we've just got to play our game, you know. And and for, for what I would say for a team against Walsall, in my opinion, keep the ball, you know, keep the ball away from them, dominate the possession, yeah. take your chances. And, and again, there shouldn't really be a problem. I mean, these are two fixtures that are, you know, ones that you're going to be looking at going we need to walk over six points yeah. and, I, and I'm sure Kenny has probably circled six points from Espe- these two especially
0: games. with the likes of Sunderland and Barnsley now breathing down our necks a little
1: bit definitely definitely I, I mean gonna... it's now that there's no gap that it's got we've got to stay on top of this now
0: I mean just to jump in I know you say Warsaw are 11th aren't they they are yes but that doesn't really do them justice because that's 26 points which puts them two points outside of a playoff spot in sixth it does so it is really tight and that mid to sort of playoff to mid table spot so Delphi fancy themselves to try and if they can get a result at the weekend for playing then they'll fancy themselves to come to us get some points and try and push themselves into a
1: playoff spot that's it i mean what this this might sort of help you give a bit of understanding of how tricky walsall could be so scunthorpe had a goal difference of minus 18 this season Mm -hmm. already from 18 games walsall um only had a goal difference of minus five yeah. So they're not big conceders. They do get a lot of draws, but their draws have been quite high scoring. So they, for example, they got a three-three away at Oxford. Okay. So they're they're quite capable of of keeping up with the goals as well. So we so just got to put some in the net, really, haven't we? We've again. got to get it in the net, and we've just got to be sure at the back again. And this season, I think. That's not overly a big concern for me, as long as Jack and Matty are, are at the back. We're quite good at that sort of
0: Gore and Ericsson.
1: Let's tighten up. And... <laughs> yeah, take the one nil. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but let's hope not. Let's hope there's goals galore. Um, uh, prediction, score prediction. Prediction for me. time. Do you know what? I, I was giving it the um, then because I wasn't really too sure of the score prediction on this one, and I don't want to be the negative Nelly. So here we go. I am going for the one nil. I'm going to go for the 1-0 and on this one I'm going with Mr Hawkins. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think it's going to be a really scrappy game, unfortunately. I hope not. I hope I'm really proved wrong. Every time I think this season I've said it's going to be scrappy, there's been quite a few goals and and it's been quite exciting. So I'm going to go for a scrappy 1-0 win. Well,
0: I'm going to to be the one who brings in that slightly negative thing and I'm going to go, it's going to be a 2-all draw. It's going to be incredibly frustrating on a Tuesday night everyone 's going to be rolled up for it, but I can see this being one of those one of those games that unfortunately we have the potential to slip up in. I think we 're going to get two goals. I think they 're going to come from set plays I think we 're going to get Matt Clark 's going to get one with his head, and I think the other one 's going to come from Ollie Hawkins. Mm-hmm. I think that we 're going to come out in the first half, grab a lead only for it to be taken away from us um, so go two on up and then we 're going to get one late disappointment for Pompey two two it's a difficult game they play a very good team sort of game they played a game out against Fleetwood recently where they drew 0-0 they did Um, the XG stats say it was a very sort of mute game and Fleetwood obviously looked like they came to play like they did against us obviously we've got that extra quality there but you look at that game you think that draw written all over it the amount of draws that they've got this season so don't usually predict nothing but a win, but I've got draw in my head for this game, Matt. So hopefully you're right.
1: Yeah, I mean, I am hoping I'm right, especially now that we're into December. We've got some big fixtures coming up, and you know, after these two fixtures, yeah. so these really for me need to be the six pointer. And I hope I'm, I'm right and you're wrong this week, mate. <laughs> yeah, let's hope. Fingers crossed, mate.
0: Anyway, cheers, puppy fans, and thanks for listening. Uh Thanks again to to Kevin from Rebel Radio for doing that amazing interview for us. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, give us a follow at Pompey News Now, at PO Forecast, at puck.uk, at mcorac87. Um, you can listen, obviously, on Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts generally. So, until next time, play up Pompey. Play up Pompey.